Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Well, God bless you. Welcome to another Wednesday night teaching from the Sanctuary of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion. Got time to call, reach out, tell someone, remember the word of God goes forth from this place at this time, and you need to tune in. So God bless you. Amen. All right, then. We're not going to delay. You know we don't delay. Get your Bible or your electronic device. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9, and we're going to read verse number 6. Isaiah 9 and 6, and we're continuing on from Sunday. Continue on from Sunday. All right. Excuse me. And the Bible reads, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you again for the privilege, the opportunity to gather together in the name of your son, Jesus. Bless us with your spirit, wisdom, knowledge, revelation, understanding, illumination. Touch us mentally, physically, spiritually, in every way, God. Let the peace of God rule in our hearts and minds as you get the fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, then, bless your hearts. You may be seated. His name shall be called, part two. His name shall be called. Just a brief recap. Names are given to identify, recognize, and differentiate between one thing and another. That's why names are given. Because everything Everybody isn't the same. So names are given to help distinguish things. When you talk about beings with personhood, names, a name comes with a nature. Every person has a nature. All people don't have the same nature. Names come with character. All people don't have the same character. And then names come with reputation. All people don't have the same reputation. So when we think about the name of the Lord, we're thinking about his nature that's different, supreme, superior than all, his character the same, and his reputation. When we, the believer, the saint, when we call on the Lord, we call on the Lord because his nature we know is love. We call on the Lord because we know he loves us. We call on the Lord because we know he won't harm us. Because his nature is love. We call on the Lord because his character is impeccable. You can trust God. When you call on God, he won't show up and stab you in the back. 
rip you off. His character is impeccable. We call on the Lord because his reputation proceeds himself. We know what we're going to get. I'm getting happy already. We know what we're going to get when we call on the Lord. We should know what's going to happen when we invoke his name. So when we call on the name of the Lord, it has a whole different meaning. It means so much not only to us, but to those that we love. Because sometimes we call on the Lord for people we love. Hmm. Philippians 2, 10 says, the name of Jesus will cause every knee to bow. Every tongue will confess. The name, the nature, the character, the reputation of our God will cause all to submit to his name, the power of his name. Acts 19, 13 through 15. Some Jews used to travel from place to place and force evil spirits out of people. They tried to use the name of the Lord, Jesus, to force evil spirits out of those who were possessed. These Jews would say, I order you to come out in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. Verse 14, these seven sons of Sceva, he was a Jewish high priest. This is what they were accustomed to doing. Verse 15, but it just so happened this one time, this evil spirit answered them and said, I know Jesus and I'm acquainted with Paul. But who are you? <clears throat> I think the King James reads more like this. Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? Who are you? When we think about the name, the name of our God, we must realize that we must be authorized to use his name. Write that down. There are a lot of people that can say the name. There are a lot of people that do say the name. But in order to have power behind the usage of the name, we must be authorized to use that name. This is what the, the, this scripture and others letting us know. We you have to be authorized to use the name of Jesus. In the first chapter of the book of Proverbs, we're told and can see the high price one will pay when you ignore and reject God's name and or God's wisdom. When we embrace the name of God, who he is, we also embrace his wisdom. I said it again. When we embrace the name of the Lord, we embrace who he is. 
his nature, his character, his reputation. Also his wisdom, his might, and so on and so forth. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse number 20 says, Wisdom cries without. She utters her voice in the streets. Stay with me. Wisdom cries without. She utters her name in the streets. Hmm. Verse 24. Because I have called, this is wisdom, the wisdom of God, I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. Verse 25. God says, you ignored all my advice. You did not want me to warn you. Isn't that something? Verse 26. I will laugh at your calamity. God's wisdom says, since you don't want my wisdom, since you don't want my advice, since you don't want my help, I'm going to laugh at your calamity. Now, I'm not making this up. This is in the Bible. He goes on to say, I will make fun of you when panic strikes you. When panic strikes you like a violent storm, when calamity strikes you like a windstorm, when trouble and anguish come to you, verse 28, they will call to me at that time, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but they will not find me. Verse 29. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. All of this happens to people that reject God's name or ignore his name. Notice what God says. I called you first. But you ignored me. That's what he said. Let's go back. Proverbs 1.20, wisdom cries without. She cries and utters her voice in the streets. Weren't we in the streets before we were in the church? When we were in the streets, God was trying to get our attention. Well, that's what some people say. They say, well, you know, you say God's trying to talk to me, but I don't go to church. Well, he ain't he, he talking to you first in church. He's trying to reach you in the streets where you spend most of your time. God shouted in the streets. He shouted, listen, listen to me. Listen to my wisdom. I've got a plan for your life. Embrace my plan. But God says, People ignored him. There's a price to pay. There's a serious price to pay when you ignore God. When we ignore God, we see from Proverbs chapter 1, he might just ignore you. He might just turn his back on you when things get tough for you. 
No, 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 no. I don't have no problem telling you this. See, this sounds contrary to this, this lollipop gospel you heard all your life. That you think you can just live in the kind of way you want and, and, and God understand. God may not answer you when you call. Just got the, wisdom may not answer you. There's no guarantee. Well, you know, I'm young. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to party. I'll wait till I get about 35. Then I'm going to get saved. Ain't no guarantee. You can't just ignore the name. We're talking about the name. See, you think his name is like everybody else's name. And this is why we don't have the understanding that we should, because we don't understand his name. But you know what's worse? At least in my estimation. What's worse than ignoring his name is forgetting his name. Wow. And here's the sad thing today. In these last days, so many people that went to church for years are forgetting his name. You won't even be able to tell they went to church. You can't even hardly tell that you used to sing and worship. You can't even hardly tell these to preach. They've forgotten God. They've forgotten his man. Doesn't it make you sad deep? They've forgotten his name. See, when you forget God's name, you forget not only who he is, but what he's done and is capable of doing. So then you lose hope because you forgot what God did. You forgot he saved you. You forgot what he did for you. You forgot he healed your body. You forgot he got you out of tight, tight, out of situation after situation. You forgot all of that. So now you don't believe he'll do it for anybody else because you forgot. It's a dangerous thing to forget God's name. Remembering God keeps his power relevant. Remembering God keeps his power, his ability relevant because what he did before, he can do it again. I'm never going to forget the name of the Lord because I know what he's done for me. And if he did it before, he'll do it again. So that way I keep my faith intact. I think the last time I was teaching about this, I mentioned a book that I bought for the young pastor, Cameron, and I bought one for myself. Uh, the book is by uh, an author. Her name is Marilyn McIntyre. Marilyn McIntyre. And the book is titled Caring for Words in a Culture of Lies. Caring for Words in a Culture of Lies. It's a good book. It's not very big. This is the second edition, in fact. It's a little small book, very, very powerful. And a couple quotes from the book. Uh, Ms. McIntyre says, like any other resource, language can be depleted, polluted, contaminated, 
eroded and filled with artificial stimulants. I'll read that again. This is Marilyn McIntyre from her book, Caring for Words in a Culture of Lies. She says, like any other resource, language, words, language can be depleted, polluted, contaminated, eroded, and filled with artificial stimulants. <clears throat> Excuse me. We must be careful, people of God, that we don't let the world deplete the word of God that we put our faith in. That includes the name of God or, and or the names of God. Don't let the world contaminate your faith by changing the name of your God, depleting the name of your God, polluting the name, contaminating the name, eroding the name, or putting some artificial stimulant on it, like I said Sunday, <coughs> calling your God, our God, the big guy upstairs. That's an insult. The last state thing she says in this context, in this statement, she says, like any other resource, language needs protection. Please write that down. Because that's going to mean a whole lot to you at the conclusion of this teaching tonight. Like any other resource, what we say needs to be protected. That's why I'm a stickler for words. I preach words. I use words to get my point across or God's point across to you. We have to use the words that are the right words, orthodoxy. We can't just make up words and say they mean something that they don't mean in Scripture. So in Exodus chapter 3, God tells Moses his name is I am that I am. We brought that up Sunday. God, uh, Moses says, uh, God, the people are going to say who? They want to know your name. What about to tell them? God says, you tell them. I am that I am. <coughs> Excuse me. What I am, I am. What you need me to be, I will be. That's who I am. It's powerful and <laughs> tricky, some may think, as that is. That's not the main point of this conversation. And that's where I'm going to lead you now. And we'll probably finish. Because after God tells Moses, I am that I am, he says something so powerful that I don't know how many of us really captured it, grasped it, and remembered it. But he's, God told Moses, he says, tell the people, this is my name forever. 
This is my name forever. Don't call me nothing else. Don't let generation pollute, change, alter, contaminate who I am. This is my name forever. Again, why is that significant? Because when we recognize our responsibility to remember the name, then when we call on the name of the Lord, we get what the Lord does. But not only that, if we remember who he is, then we teach the generations to come how to call on him and get the same results we got. It's our responsibility, my brothers and sisters, to show each generation how to call upon the name of the Lord. Why? So when they're in trouble, they get out of trouble like we got out of trouble. When they needed healing, they, they got healed. When they needed a blessing, they got a blessing. When they needed a breakthrough, they got the same breakthrough. But because we have not remembered the name, you don't even know how to pray. And teach your children how to get the same miraculous power of God moving in their family because we've forgotten the name. The man upstairs. Yeah, you know, I pray to him. The big guy, all that stuff. This, it means something. It means something. God told Moses to tell the people, this is my name forever. Don't go changing my name, because when you change my name, you're, you're changing my nature. You're changing my character. You're, you're, you're changing my reputation. Now you got people that don't even know if, believe God healed anymore. Well, some people believe he do. Some people. Now you got Christians that don't believe in divine healing. Because somebody changed his name in your head. Somebody changed his name in your head, in your heart. Your prayers are based on what you believe about his name. Write this down, please. Never forget it. Write it down. We are to protect the true name of God. We are to protect the true name of God. I, I remember, I just thinking about it now, I remember back in the 70s, 1970, yeah, yeah, that's a long time ago. I remember back in the 1970s, in, in, in the African-American community, you couldn't say nothing about a man's mama, your mama, it's, it's, it's on, you just finna fight, you finna fight. We protected our mama name. What'd you say about my mama? They had a show, that's my mama. We need to be able to like that about God. That's, God's not like that. That's not God. That's not the God of the Bible. That's not the God I serve. That is not his nature. That is not his character. That is not his reputation. We need to protect his name. Listen, that's part of our responsibility. We 
have become so selfish that we think God's power is primarily to be used to protect us. And he does protect us and he does love us. But you and I need to understand we have a responsibility to remind the world who the true and living God is. And a big part of that is remembering his name. God said his name was Jehovah. Yahweh in Hebrew. My name is Jehovah. The self-existing covenant-keeping God. I don't need nobody else to exist. I exist on my own. Nobody else calls me to be what I am. I am what I am on my own. I'm the God that keeps my promise. That means you can trust everything I say. In Isaiah 42, 8, God says, I am the Lord. That is my name. And my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. <laughs> when we remember the name of the Lord, we remember there's nobody else that exists before him. Nobody above him. When we remember the name of the Lord, we also remember he's the only God that keeps his promises. If he said something to you, you can guarantee it's going to happen. Look at somebody and tell him, I guarantee you if he said it, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. Psalms 116, 1 and 2. I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice. <laughs> he heard my voice. The word voice there, your voice is unique to you. Um, there are some situations uh, people can get in when everybody's voice sounds the same. Maybe at a basketball game, they're cheering. You can't really distinguish very many people's voice. Everybody sounds the same. It's just a cry. It's noise. But your voice is unique to you. So the songwriter says, I love the Lord because my voice is unique to him. Because of our unbroken fellowship. Because of our ongoing relationship, because of how I pray constantly, because I'm a worshiper, even when I'm singing, he knows it's me. When I'm praying, he knows it's me. If I'm crying, he knows it's me. Why? Because he knows my voice. I love the Lord because he knows my voice. Man, man, man. And he says, and my supplications. Whenever I ask God, he knows it's me asking. <laughs> you, ever, you ever live in a house with three or four siblings or more, and you asked your parents for a pair of tennis shoes, and they bought one for your brother? That would make you feel real good. Mom, I thought I asked you why you buy him some shoes. 
see, this is what, this is intimacy. This is fellowship. I love the Lord. Why? I love, because he heard my voice. He heard my supplications. He can distinguish between my name and somebody else's name. Because how? I distinguish between his name and everybody else's name. Psalmist is saying, because of their rich relationship, because he separated God from everybody else, God separated him from everybody else. And God listens to his worship. Does God listen to your worship? Have you ever thought about that? You ever thought about God? Does he really listen to you when you're singing? Probably not. That's why y'all don't be singing. God hears me when I worship. So I know he hears me when I pray. So I get my requests. I'm more confident because I know he hears me. He distinguishes my voice from everybody else's voice. Mm. Tell, uh, let's just keep on going because you need to learn how to worship. Because when you really, really love his name, you worship. And when you know that he hears your voice alone and he can distinguish your voice out of the crowd, it changes how you worship. It changes how you pray. It changes what you say. Then he goes on to say in verse two, because he had inclined his ear unto me. Write that word inclined. Now he has inclined his ear unto me. He has inclined his ear unto me. He's inclined. That word inclined there means God literally bends down. He literally bends down in anticipation to anything you might sing or say. Your, your, your relationship with God is so close that when you open your mouth, he's ready to, what you, what, what you need? What, 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 can, what, what can I do for you? Why? Because I know you're going to keep my name alive. You, you're going to keep my name holy. This is what he's saying. Another way to say it, God (laughs) was eager to hear anything he had to say. Do you feel that God is eager to hear anything you got to say? Do you really feel that God is eager to hear when you pray? Because if you felt that way, you'd pray more. Most Christians don't believe God hears them when they pray. And it's because you don't understand his name. Jeremiah 33 and 3. I'm I'm wrapping it up. Jeremiah 33 and 3. Call unto me and I will answer thee. That's what God is saying through the prophet. 
call unto me, I will answer you and show you great and mighty things you did not know. Don't let the world, the devil, circumstances, fear, sickness, disease, the economy, the rising or raising of the interest rates, don't let any of that make you think you can't call on the Lord. Don't let all the trouble you face make you think God won't hear you. He said, call unto me. That's what he said. Um, hmm. When you understand his name is Jehovah, he can't lie. So if he said, call me and I'll answer you, then he going to answer you. If he keeps his promises and he does, then he's going to answer you. And show you great and mighty things. Not little bitty tiny peon things, insignificant things, stupid things. He's going to show you and I great. It's time for you to see some great things. You done seen everything else. You didn't see mess and foolishness and fussing and fighting and you didn't see trouble and trials and tribulation. You didn't see heartache and heartbreak. It's time for you and I to see some great things. So God says, call. Call. Call me. Cry out to me. Desire an audience with me. Use one of my names and reach out to me. <coughs> my God. Use one of my names. Savior. Master. Wonderful. Counselor. You just, you just, just use one of my names. Just, just call out to me. I won't ignore you. I'll answer you. My last scripture, stand on your feet, please. Psalm 8, 1. <clears throat> Psalm of David. David says, O Lord, or O Jehovah, our King, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name. Your name excels every other name. O Lord, our Lord. It's got to be personal. You got to take his name. It's got to be personal. This is your God. Who has set thy glory above the heavens? Lift your hands if you would, please. Father, there's nobody like you. There is no God like our God. Your name 
must be called. Your name must be known. Your name must be understood. Your name must be hallowed. Your name must be protected. Your name must be spoken. Your name must be protected generation after generation after generation so that every generation gets the same benefit of knowing you as the previous generations. We will not be the generation that stops calling on your name. We will not be that generation. So today, tonight, in this Wednesday night service, we begin to call on your name. Somebody just begin to call him. Call on, say Jesus, say whatever name. Call on him, call him mighty God, everlasting. Call on him, call on the name. Call on the name, invoke his presence, invoke his power. Get him back active in your life. We need the healer, we need Jehovah Rapha. We, we need you, we need you. We need Sitkanu. We need our sanctifier. We, we need you. We need our kinsman redeemer. We need you in every way, shape, and form you can manifest. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward, and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.